So I basically had to just convince myself that I love Perro Bay. Yeah. I mean, I hadn't really ridden one before. I'd never ridden a, on cobbles before. So to rock up at your first, you know, training session and, and go bombing across the cobbles, I'm like, this is just stupid. Like, this is actually um, unrideable. Uh, and, you know, again, the, the team meeting was, okay, Stewie, you just get in the first break. You know, that was my job. Um, and I managed to actually get in the first break and got caught, you know, rode the first 100K of that, that uh, headwind long straight section, got to the cobbles and, and you know, got passed at warp speed by all the guys and, and pulled out of the feed zone and just went, this is just ridiculous. Like, well, this, what is this kind of race? But then I just had to keep convincing myself that, no, no, I do love this race and I do love this race. And I think back then there weren't too many English stories, there weren't too many English reporters um, so they'd see an English person that could speak English at Perry Bay and go, you know, do you love it? And I'll go, yeah, yeah, I love Perry Bay, um, you know, without really knowing if I loved it or not. I was kind of forced to uh, take up the challenge and, and year in, year out, it was the same people asking the same questions. And in the end to, you know, also convince, your, convince yourself and to keep your own determination strong, I'm convincing myself that I love Perry Bay. G'day everyone, this is Talking Luft, thanks to Rafa, that was Stuart O'Grady, that was his episode I did with him last week, go across and have a listen to that, an awesome episode, a great episode that I love doing with him, this is Talking Luft like I said, and now we're going to get into a little bit more details with him and talk all the Luft and all the funny little things that we do here, so sit back and enjoy that one. Have you heard of Lockie Morton? I'm sure you have, if you haven't, go and look him up, find out who he is, He is EF's alternate rider. He's an awesome guy, but what he's done is he's made his sound collection. His collection collaboration with Rafa. It's inspired by the sounds and the tunes that keep him riding out on those ultra epic adventures. Yeah, I was uh, super happy with how the Seeing Sound collection turned out. It was like a long design process, so to see the final product finally available is really cool. But yeah, the idea was basically my connection with like listening to music when I ride and how I find it like enhances my riding experience. It was trying to work out how how to represent that on a kit. Looking at like different visual representations of like sound waves, I found it really interesting how it kind of looks like uh, like a topographic map or like a, an aerial shot of the world, which I felt really represented how I feel about like music when I ride. It kind of feels like it's an organic part of, of what I'm doing. He's collaborated with Rafa. He's put what he hears into a design. Can you believe that? That's what I love about Rafa. They're looking outside the realm of just what kit should look like and trying to capture people's feelings, people's thoughts, and put it into a kit. How awesome is that? That's Rafa. Now, Let's sit back and enjoy a little bit of Talking Luft with Stuart O'Grady. All right, here we go. Stuart O'Grady talking a bit of Luft. Now, I've restructured this, Talking Luft. I don't know if you know what this is, Stewie, but this is all about style. Bit of bike stuff, also a bit of other stuff. Now, I've broken it down into four topics. Style, bikes culture and about you simple questions god this can go anywhere i can feel it here we go all right just give me some good answers all right so first we start off with caps and i'm talking about caskets cycling caps 
How do you wear yours? I'm talking about without a helmet. Do you wear it forwards, brim down, brim up, backwards, brim up, brim down? What's your style? Do you wear it taffy style, cut out? What is Stuart <laughs> O'Grady's cap style? Mate, um, my, my casket, it's that way with the little cap down, I guess. Yeah. Brim down? Yeah, yeah, brim down. But I did cut the, the center out of it for those helmet days when, yeah, it was too hot. Definitely cap on forward down. I sometimes say this to guys who never got to race without a helmet. And if you could have raced without a helmet, I normally say, but when you race without a helmet, what was your style? Did you race with a cap? Did you just have the hair flowing? Did you run a headband? <laughs> Did you want to run one of those sausage helmets? What was your style without a helmet? Uh, I had a long career, Mitch. <laughs> I think yeah. I did nearly all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I know I went through the Pantani phase. Um, I did bandana. A, I, I did have the bandana going did for a while. You? I had the little goatee going, and I think I won. I, I think I won Classic Haribo, which is a, one of the first French Cups of the year. And I had a bandana, and then I'm like, shit, I better do it again the next year. And then I think I won. Oh, I got second the next year, and then won it again. So because it was happening so early in the year, I'm like, shit. This, you know, I wasn't too superstitious but i'm like a win's a win and i had a bandana on so <laughs> <laughs> was this uh, a gan bandana was it uh credit agricole oh credit agricole yeah yeah at the uh at the leaders jersey in Paris, i'm pretty sure with the bandana oh my uh, god oh yeah oh look because i i did have a bit of hair back in the day but you know too many bugs and things going in at uh, people's power bars so um the bandana gave me a little bit of protection but it was, i was also wearing my skin color so yeah. most of the time I'd have a cap on. <laughs> yeah, right. Nice. And you flick it off for a, for a bunchy or turn it around for a bunch sprint or just run it straight forwards? I think I used to just throw up. Yeah. Um, yeah no. And, you know, looking back, sprinting without a helmet on, I mean, Jesus, what were we thinking? But at the time, uh, yeah. you know, as my one of my French teammates t told me, I think it was Duclos LaSalle actually, you know, he, he wasn't going to let me race Perry Bay with a helmet on. He said, what are you, you know, are you thinking, are you going to crash? I'm like, well, no, I'm not going to crash. He said, what do you need a helmet for? I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. I won't, wear my, I won't wear a helmet. So I didn't wear a helmet for my first, I don't know how many Roubaix. Oh, you just didn't oh. wear them. I mean, it's... Yeah, it's yeah. just different. Yeah, different mm. uh, health and safety back then. <laughs> Do you still shave your legs? Uh, no. Why not? Can't be bothered. Yep, nah, good call. No, nah, can't be bothered. Um, no, nah, I, I, when when I still ride, if, you know, we also... Um, take our moo trips to europe so when i when i do go back to europe i normally i do get the uh i get the whipper snipper out or the razor blade you know it takes a while but no i don't i don't shave my legs anymore too hard do you like to wear x-pro kit or new wave Ooh. um i don't normally wear my oh uh, yeah I, I do wear a little bit of my old mitchell and scott stuff kind of in the middle i guess um, yeah, nice. Well, as you get older, things aren't right in the same position in which they were when you were super skinny and fit. So most of my kit is way too small, uh, or the clothing what, shrunk. What about uh, that old stuff? It's I find that old stuff super huge. Like the oh old yeah, no, the old, yeah. But I'm never going to yeah. wear that. No, no. Oh, why I'd, not? That'd I'd, look awesome. I'd fit pretty comfortably into a few of those '95 <laughs> Dan jerseys. I reckon <laughs> <laughs> used to flap around in the breeze when you were racing. Yeah. Um, yeah, they look more like overcoats. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I'm kind of uh, in the middle, to be honest. Okay. Um, I wear whatever's comfortable and whatever happens to be fine next to the... Yeah, the cycle. I've, got, I've got way too many cycling clothes, so um, yeah. Hmm. All right, next topic, bikes. RMG, road bike, mountain bike or gravel bike? 
Good question. Um, automatically just go for the road bike, but I think I've never really done a lot on the mountain bikes, but when I do go out, I love it. Um, but I also I've broken my collarbones seven times and I've broken so many bones. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every time I see someone with a broken collarbone and I ask them, what'd you do? They go a mountain bike crash. So I'm tending to kind of lean away with that. I don't want to have another, I don't want to break another bone. Uh, ever i think i've done enough for everybody gravel i'm really enjoying i did a bit of gravel the other day just went on my road bike got a crown actually on strava for did you beat some poor bloke locals uh record but that was on my road bike but i'm really enjoying the gravel i think gravel i think gravel and i will get along pretty well because i still can go a bit fast and have you know you've got to get your adrenaline rush so a bit of of sideways action on the road bike but i might need some bigger tires yeah (laughs) <laughs> so gravel bike, all right. Bit of everything, bit of everything. Social bunch or hour of power? Hour of power. I'm, I'm Ooh, not. I'm not. Didn't put expect it, that. I'm not putting on lycra on to just go around and ride and stop for a coffee. No, right. no. I'll go straight up Mount Lofty, um, and then probably have a coffee out in the hills somewhere. Yeah, no, no point doing beach rides, Mitch. I mean, you know, for the amount of time I actually get on the bike, I want to get bang for my buck. So. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice ride, but at some stage during the ride, I have to just you know get the heart rate up a little bit and try and like burn it. off a bit of a you know bit of lunch. Well, you've already actually answered this. The next question is: Do you have a Strava account? You do, and yeah. do you hunt KOMs? Nah, no, nah, I'm, I'm definitely um, nowhere near fit enough to be racing. I, I, I think it's really, I think it's just a bit of fun actually. Mm. Um, it's a good way to kind of uh, obviously keep a gauge on on what you've done, but. No, certainly don't go out looking for records, but I do love going as fast as humanly possible downhill, which tends to every now and then nab me a little, a little medal or Crown. something. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but again, you know, it's that fine balance. I'm like, I want to just absolutely, you know, crush it down this hill, and then it's like, oh man, if I come off. This is gonna be. This is just contradictory yeah. to what you were just saying about the mountain bike. Well, yeah, I know, but on a but I'm a really good descender on a road bike. I'm not good on a mountain bike. I don't think I don't. I'm pushing that hard. Oh god. No, on a road bike, I I know what I'm doing. Okay, next question. Favorite training loop of all time? Just explain it for everyone out there. You're gonna. It could be something from over in Europe, Monaco, Luxembourg. I don't know where, or it could be from Adelaide. Just explain that loop quickly. If someone out there listening is gonna know where you go. Hit me with it. Oh, look, I'm going to have to say Adelaide. I mean, it's where I grew up and, and it may, it's endless if we say Europe. I mean, there's some spectacular rides. Spectacular rides I'll have to give to Europe, uh, whether that's Luxembourg or Switzerland or, you know, riding along the Côte d'Azur and stopping in a Ventimiglia or Monaco for a coffee. You can't get much more spectacular, but actual favourite training roads and loops because of the, you know, I guess the, the lack of traffic in the Adelaide Hills yeah, like I said, straight up Mount Lofty, mm-hmm. kind of maybe head around to your Radler and then back in through Sterling and, and finish off with a nice, fast descent home. Mm, how long's that loop? Uh, oh, it's about an hour and a half, two hours, mm, depending on nice. how fast you go downhill. <laughs> oh, that's all. You didn't you didn't pick a big boy. I thought you were going to pick a big six-hour one from back in the day. Oh, oh no, you know. That's nah. it. You've said it now. You've locked it in. Yeah, no, no, my favourite loop's just, you know, Again, it's bang for buck. So yep. especially these days uh, with the fitness level at about two percent of what it used to be, um, I still like get you know still like getting out there. It doesn't happen very often, but it's nice to get out for a ride and um, just uh, get out get out there and have a bit of fun. Mm. 
A rider comes towards you, are you a wave guy or are you a simple nod gesture? Or are you just like a, a snob, just like snob him off? What's your <laughs> what's your action? It's still on the handlebars, mate, just like that. Okay, just the, the flick of the hand off yeah, the bar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. It can okay. be pretty bumpy around there. You know, it's not going to be waving every person, man. Yeah, I, I'm like, a complete hand off. Make sure they see it. Yeah. yeah, right. Best bike of all time. Wow, that's a... It's a for one. you, just like I think about them over the years, they don't necessarily have to be the best bike in terms of right now, considering all the technology and whatever. But you might go, you know what? That bike I rode, that look in Credit Agricole was just, I don't know. There's just something about that look. I don't know. Yeah, it could I've been be pretty something. lucky. You've been fortunate to, to have to, um, you know, climb on a few bikes, but I've got 32 at home. Um, and my favorite would have to be the 2008 Cervelo uh that i well i spent a lot of kilometers in the front with with carlos winning that tour and the schlecks up there and uh, i think fabian won the prologue so i was pretty much on the front from day one and and that bike with the big 808s in it that was like uh you know it was just a machine it was awesome mm-hmm. so it gave me a lot of very um you know i'd be on the front sitting on 45k an hour or thereabouts for you know the first half of the stage and then hand over to the boys and me on that bike had a lot of a lot of really close personal chats to tell you as we went further and deeper into that tour de france oh uh awesome. yeah the Cervelos were probably my favorite bike culture favorite race of all time yeah look um oh the, the tour de france you know um hands down um you know look tour of flanders was, was spectacular Paris bay san remo was spectacular and they've all got a rich history but the tour de france is just three weeks of utter madness from the moment you you know leave home on the tuesday or the wednesday uh you know already a few days out till the moment you cross that finish line in in paris is an adventure um and some years they're great memories and others they're not but just that feeling of getting to paris and the circus the people uh you know the publicity it's the ginormousity of the event um you know it's just all good it's great for cycling uh, it's fantastic from a from obviously a rider's point of view. Um, Got to be the hardest thing. Uh, we're certainly up there, you know, on the planet to to compete in a three week tour. Um, just that feeling of accomplishment when you get to Paris and and the sights along the way. You know, I mean, yeah. one minute you're riding along the coast somewhere, and and next minute you you know you you're racing up out the Wes and the Grand Bornard and a call of Telegraph and you know descending in the rain descending in the snow, no brakes, no feeling in your hand, trying to get your jacket on without crashing, you know, trying to get food out of your pocket when you've got no feeling in your arms. Wait, wait a sec. This is favourite race. <laughs> we're, we're still doing favourite race, mate. Yeah, favourite and worst all rolled under one. No, two in a front, mate. Favourite rider of all time? Uh, that I've competed against? Or... Up to you. Just in your mind, who's the rider that you go, you know what, I just love that guy? Yeah, look, Lauren Jalabert was was certainly one of my favourites, um, you know, just because he was kind of jack of all trades. So, you know, one minute he's going for the green jersey and next Tour de France he's attacking up and going for the KOM jerseys. And I just loved his, the, the mm. style and the way he raced and the panache. Uh, mm. You know, he, he was he was certainly someone I looked up to. But, you know, in saying that, Phil Anderson uh, was certainly, you know, an idol from, from the early years, being the Aussie pioneer. So, um, yeah. We better go for Skippy Benwing. Favorite rider right now? You know what? That's actually that's a harder question to answer than it sounds. I mean, 
you know, I guess the one benefit of being home on the couch and watching all these races internationally is that I'm on the couch watching the races. Yeah. You know, you're not yeah. you're not traveling around Europe chasing them. So, you know, to watch the Alaphilippe Van Art and Vanderpol show week in week out mm. is without doubt the highlights of my year at the moment. I mean, those guys just go hammer and tong, and I, I just you know, cycling, I'm not going to say, it, you know, I'm not going to say it got boring by any means, but it was getting a little bit regimental and just mm. seeing these guys come in and just, you know, out of fleet attacks, 80K to go and you kind of think, what are you doing? <laughs> what the hell is this guy? And, you know, then he wins. Um, so it's just been, it's great watching those three guys. They're, they're really entertaining. I'm really hoping Vanderpol recovers from his um, back in, injury and I think that's probably the biggest hurdle those guys are going to have when they're racing on beaches in Dunkirk in December, yeah. uh, cyclocross, and then, you know, trying to, trying to, um, you know, racing Tour de France as well. It's, it's, I can't see it being a very long career. Mate, you might have a lot of these, but try and just whatever one pops straight into your mind, a war story. Everyone's got one. Could be out the back one day in a Giro. Typically the Giro produces great war stories. Um, just run me through <laughs> what, what's your war story from back in the day, one day that you go, you know what, that was a absolute day. All right, I'll give you uh, probably the one that, that scarred me the quickest was I think it was my first Tour de France in '97. Um, it was a 220 kilometer mountain stage. Uh, we went straight up a, a climb, uh, like a hard climb. Uh, the entire Festina team attacked from kilometer zero, and myself and nearly all the sprinters were dropped after about a kilometer. Um, oh. And I'm just, I remember thinking, we're, I'm in trouble here. Like we're in big trouble. Like Big trouble. And I was with Chippo, Sfrada, um, you know, all these, uh, I mean, Zabel and uh, Zabel stayed in the head, but the re- basically the rest of the sprinters were all together. And then we got to the top of the first climb out of the two. So we'd done about 16K and one by one, they just all clicked out and abandoned in front of me. What? So it left Hank and myself alone. So basically I'm thinking, okay, we've got a little group here. We'll, we'll chase and we'll get back on. They all just clicked out and, and finished the race. Man. So I'm like, oh, that's not good. Eros Poli actually sat up in one of the valleys because uh, he knew we'd be in trouble, came back and got us. And we just sat on Eros for the next 200 and, 5k to the finish line and we actually caught the group at just a couple of k on the last mountain um, oh my god so that was pretty scarring but i think my, my biggest biggest the, the craziest day i ever had was when i um broke my collarbone in the tour de france i can't remember what stage it was it was in uh 2000 uh broke my collarbone um you know the doctors came over to assess me and, and they said no no it's fine and I went, oh, okay. So got back on the bike, but then obviously couldn't pull on my handlebars. So I just laid my arm on the handlebar and, and uh, rode 90 kilometers to the finish where uh, snapped in a, another three places um, and then had to get a big pin put in it. So that was probably the most pain I've ever had in my life was riding 90K with, with a completely shattered, shattered collarbone. collarbone. Yeah, yeah that, that hurt. Oh, my God. Mate, that, that freaks me out, that story. Not, not the collarbone not that the collarbone doesn't but the the sheer getting dropped 1k into it and then everyone clipping out just going yeah oh, oh but yeah i mean i'm still i'm still scarred i'm, I'm yeah, still giving me goosebumps <laughs> all right last topic let's get into it the last um about you bws beer wine or spirits what's your poison uh a beer and then some wine you got to choose one 
Oh, wine then. Yeah. Right. Being from South Australia, mate, we have to um have to look after the local industry. What coffee do you drink? Are you a guy that sort of starts with some cappuccinos in the morning and then Italian <laughs> style at twelve o'clock go to the espressos? What's your coffee ritual? Double shot latte. All day long. Oh, I, I don't drink anywhere near as much coffee as I used to, Mitch. So I'm normally one one double shot in the morning and I'm good for the day. Right. Favorite cross training exercise? Cross what? Cross training, like maybe it's not <laughs> training for you now, but non non bike exercise. Oh, that's my joke. All I did was yeah. ride. I didn't uh, didn't do anything else yeah. but ride. No running, no sit ups. No way. Right. Uh, I hated walking. I wouldn't even walk a kilometre down the road. Um, <laughs> biggest waste of time. You're a bike rider, so ride your bike. What is your most rewatchable race? Don't watch bike races. <laughs> actually, if I could. What about a certain Roubaix? No, still still haven't watched that. Uh, not I've I've seen it. Don't be silly, but I've, I've no, seen but... bits of it, but not the whole. Oh, look! I'll have to go to the video cassette from uh, from my friend Avith and Patrick Jonker, uh, who gave me a VHS video cassette which had the 1983 Harry Bayonet with any Roubaix I could watch any day of the week. But 83 Roubaix was certainly epic because the way he won with the such guys chasing him down, there was um, Moser was behind, you know, he'd already won Roubaix a couple times. He also had Ducos there. He'd already, he was finishing second. So it's just, I went back and watched that race. It's an epic addition. He punches, you know, rolls, <laughs> he rolls in the last sector, he's solo. He rolls the single off. He's there and they're trying to get the tire out, the wheel, and they, they get the, the bike off the roof and he rolls in like these, these favorites are, you know, the most biggest favorites behind. Mm. You know, it was, it's just an epic, epic race. 83 Roubaix. Go you back and watch it. it. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, I mean, and and that's, that's what that's what captivated me for Roubaix. You know, like like I said um, in the interview, you know, it was moments like that we we didn't get to see much in Australia. So to see that, I just remember, you know, I was ten and I'm um, mm. just wide eyed and going, "What? That's not that's not a cycling race." And yeah, the, the the seed was planted, I guess. And little did I know, a little while later, I'd be bumping along those same cobbles as Henny Kuiper. So um, yeah, any any Roubaix is a good one to watch. Last question, mate. Best thing about riding a bike for you? Oh, it's just, just getting out there, it's just getting out in, in the countryside or wherever you are in the world. You can just hop on your bike and, and, you know, choose your own adventure. Do I go left and go down to the beach and ride along the, you know, the ocean? Or do I go right up into the hills and the mountains, you know? And, and when you're over in Europe, those options get even more, uh, you know, scenic and fascinating and, um, you know, just getting off the beaten track and going into all the little villages in Europe and, you know, you're rolling through and a dog come out chasing you and, you know, there's a donkey carrying hay and it, it's like stepping back in time. Um, or, you know, then you can be riding around, you know, Central Park in New York. I mean, it's just riding your bike. It gets you so much further than obviously, you know, the old walking. 
and you can just go at your own pace. And the fact that you can, you know, you, your legs get a bit tight, or just stop and have a pizza. Um, and you can carry on. Um, or, you know, recently in Australia, someone stopped with me and bought fish and chips. I'm like, what the hell? You know? And then I'm like, yeah, okay, I guess we can eat fish and chips. Yeah, riding. I haven't done that before. But, uh, oh, yeah, I think cycling, just the adventure, you know, it, it's the best. Mate, awesome. Thanks a lot for talking, Luft. <laughs> Cheers. No worries, mate. See ya. Well, there we have it. Talking Luft with Stuart O'Grady. A couple of great episodes with him. And like I said, I really did love sitting down and talking to him, talking about the Tour Down Under. Well, the Festival of Cycling is over now, and that was a great event, seeing Jimmy Whelan, my old teammate, take that out and seeing him come back to the top again. That's great to see. Great talking to Stewie and hearing what the direction of Tour Down Under is going into, and also just hearing about his talking loft. Next week, I've got Peter Mullins on. If you don't know about her, sit back and wait for it next week. A fantastic household name in the female peloton. She's been around ever since I've started cycling and she's still hitting up a close to 100 days racing right now. Anyway, a little bit more about that next week. Hang in for that. That's going to be next week's episode. Guys, thanks for listening. Big thanks to Will Jones who produced this episode, Lara behind the scenes, and you guys for listening. And of course, a massive thanks to Rafa who make this happen week in, week out. Thanks, guys. Until next week, cheers. The music in this episode was composed by Pete Shelley. Cheers, mate.